intrepid leaders and welcome to a bonus episode of the leadership blog where we talk about navigating everyday leadership and today we're doing something different the evidence-based nursing site uh, offered the opportunity for Florence scholars to write a blog um, and I'd been thinking about starting to write blogs for some time and I had a few ideas so I thought I'd jump at the opportunity so on Sunday the 12th of December my first blog was published on this site so we'll put the link in the show notes so you can check out the written version uh, but we thought it would be great to do an audio blog to complement it. So here we are. So back in the summer, I was laying on a blanket in St. In St. James's Park, enjoying the sunshine and reading an article about followership. And I popped the link to the article in the bio for those who may be interested to read it. Um, and as I progressed through the article, my brain did what it usually does uh, and started to synthesise what I was reading. And that internal radio channel, I don't know of the rest of you, but um, I've got like this soundtrack that just plays. I get like these moments where songs just pop into my head to go with the context of the situation that I find myself in. Um, hopefully that doesn't make me completely uh, crazy, but uh, and maybe there are others out there that, that do the same. So it'd be really interesting to know that. But this song started to play in my head and the song was... We're following the leader, the leader, the leader. We're following the leader wherever he may go. So I make no apologies for that awful singing because I think it, you know, it just adds to the whole audio experience. But so I started to think to myself, okay, so we're following the leaders, but why? Why do some people lead, some follow? What inspires us to follow anyone or anything? And so this got me to thinking about what leadership lessons can we glean from Disney's movie, Peter Pan? So Peter Pan is a free-spirited, mischievous young boy who preferred to live in a world full of adventures and magic. Um, and although this was very much frowned upon by the grown-ups, uh, his imaginary world became his reality and he enjoyed every second of it. Uh, Wendy John and Michael Darling's tale of adventure in Neverland has captivated and inspired audiences of both children and adults for more than half a century. And although this story is coated with pixie dust, Peter Pan offers some valuable leadership lessons. So here are the five lessons I have inferred from the boy who never wanted to grow up. The first lesson is the power of storytelling. Uh, one of the, the quotes from um, from the movie is, we can fly, we can fly. All it takes is faith and trust and a little bit of pixie dust. And sometimes all it takes is faith and trust for us to achieve extraordinary things. Peter Pan inspires Wendy and her brothers to believe that they can fly by reciting stories of a magical place called Neverland. Telling stories is one of the most powerful means that leaders have to influence, teach and inspire if you tell great stories, then you also have social power as a leader and people will want to connect with your vision. Research confirms that well-designed stories are the most effective vehicle for exerting influence and leaders must create a compelling narrative that creates a sense of connection, builds familiarity and most of all inspires trust. However, the primary power of any visionary leader doesn't lie purely in this story. It lies instead in the willingness of their people to accept the story is their own. Think about it for a second. No one is captivated by a person that they don't believe in. Stories not only teach us how to act, they can inspire us to act. However, crafting such compelling stories can be challenging and it isn't something that may come naturally to a lot of people. 
This summer, I took part in the NHS Horizon School for Change Agents. And actually, I'm, st I'm, I'm taking part in the second uh, cohort of this, which is currently running. I'll put a link to that in the show notes too, because I would suggest you check it out. And it's here that I first heard the term public narrative. It's described as a leadership practice of translating values into action. And Marshall Gantz, the sen a senior lecturer in leadership at Harvard Kennedy School, developed public narrative as a way of bringing people together and motivating action through narrative. Gantz recognised that stories are the natural and way in which we make sense of the world. And public narrative provides a frame for how we can craft stories to motivate commitment to shared purpose and call to action. So why not give it a try? The second lesson is about curiosity and imagination. Walt Disney once famously remarked, around here, however, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors and doing new things. And curiosity and imagination keeps leading us down new paths. As children, we are naturally curious and imaginative, always learning and always looking for new experiences and information. But as we grow into adulthood, we often lose that natural curiosity and vivid eagerness. As great leaders, we need to learn how to unleash that curiosity once more. Imagination and curiosity are wonderful gifts that can help you problem solve, explore and innovate. In fact, Albert Einstein once said that imagination is more important than knowledge. When looking to improve the way we work, we can often get into the habit of deploying old solutions, ones we've used before, to new problems, when what is really required is fresh thinking, new insight and creative implementation. Practicing curiosity stretches our learning and stimulates possibility, especially in those moments when we believe we have exhausted or are without resource. So practicing a little inquisitiveness can unlock opportunities and lead, lead us to embrace problems through a more creative lens. Because when our curiosity is triggered, we think more deeply and rationally about decisions and come up with more creative solutions. A good imagination can help leaders to imagine a clear concept of what they want to achieve that in turn will facilitate their creativity and breathe life into their vision. Imagination can be closely tied to play. Think about that washing up liquid bottle that became a rocket or that empty cardboard box that became a car or even a castle. Spending time playing can help unlock your imagination and nurture that creative thinking. Have you ever heard of Lego serious play? No? Well, it's a legitimate way to bring play into your daily working. Lego serious play sparks creativity and imagination. It can lead to new ideas and approaches, improved communication and better problem solving for leaders and their teams. But perhaps a more well-known method for fostering imagination is Edward de Bono's Six Thinking Hats methodology, something I've used very, very regularly in my quality improvement role. And this method has been reported as effective and popular in encouraging people in the workplace to activate creative and innovative thinking. Whichever method you opt for, why not try and jumpstart your curiosity and imagination and be open to what is possible? And remember, it's okay to have fun and be a kid sometimes. The third lesson is the reason I was compelled to write the blog, and that is the importance of followership. There's no denying that the Lost Boys are the best friends Peter could have. They trust what he says, sticks by his sides, and they never throw him under the bus. 
Steve Jobs may have founded and led Apple, but could not have achieved success without the followers that work for him. And similarly, health services around the world would not function without the support of much of their staff, who are not in leadership positions. Followership may take the back seat to leadership, but it matters. In fact, it matters a lot. There are no leaders without followers. As leaders, we depend on those that follow us more than we may sometimes give them credit for. In a Harvard Business Review article, followership is described not as a person, but a role. And what distinguishes followers from leaders is not intelligence or character, but the role they play. The role followers play will depend on the context of the situation, environment or position they find themselves in at any time. So it is fair to say, then, that the relationship between leader and follower could be interchangeable. So we need to learn to follow as much as we need to learn to lead. In his quick three-minute TED talk, Derek Sivers, founder of CD Baby, the largest seller of independent music on the web, manages to break down the sequence of events that lead to starting a successful movement. This is a great video and one that we've used lots of times in quality in the quality improvement domain. Sivers explains that as a leader, it's important to recognise yourself as an equal with your followers. The first follower is the first person to act on another person's idea. And according to Sivers, the courageous actions of the first follower is what transforms an individual with a unique idea into a leader. We're often told that we should all be leaders. However, Sivers points out that having all leaders would be, well, ineffective. Without the people who have the courage to follow and show others how to follow, movements would never get started. Sivers wraps up his message with some advice that we should all remember as we navigate our own careers or life or just life in general. When you see a lone nut doing something great, have the courage to stand up and join in. The fourth lesson is about being more pirate. While playing follow the leader and searching for natives, John, Michael and the Lost Boys are captured and then tied to the stake. Their biggest failure? They were so focused on developing the perfect strategy they were unaware of their looming foes. Doing things in the same way can sometimes lead us to make avoidable mistakes. Take Peter's enemy, his biggest enemy, Captain Hook, for example. Captain Hook is the main antagonist in the film. He's a bloodthirsty pirate that commands the Jolly Roger and he's hell-bent on revenge and doesn't really learn from his encounters with Peter. So he keeps getting himself into some sticky situations. But Captain Hook aside, it turns out we can learn a lot from pirates if we buy into the rebellious mindset that's outlined in the book Be More Pirate. Be More Pirate was written by entrepreneur Sam Conniff and was originally published in 2018. In it, he writes about the unimagined strategy of pirates as pioneers of change, leadership and social innovation. It's fundamentally about rule breaking, about challenging and reshaping systems. We are encouraged to be courageous and rewrite outdated rules. And this takes me back to another impactful book that accompanied my nurse training, The Rituals of Nursing by Walsh and Ford. 1989, a little while ago, and despite the 32 years that have passed since it was first published, I often wonder how many of these may still be in action today. 
They may not have taken the lead from pirates, but in 2016, the IHI Leadership Alliance launched a campaign asking you to consider breaking the rules for better care. They invited you to help them surface and share the rules, habits, policies and procedures that get in the way of a better care experience for patients or staff. They wanted leaders to view their existing system through a new lens, and so they codified three types of rules. One, rules that need clarity, and, the, and that's rules that nobody is clear on why they exist. So do those myths or habits, you know, Gladys Emanuel said back in 1922 that this is the way that it should be done, and it's just kind of stuck. Number two, rules that need redesign administrative rules that leaders have the power to change and then number three rules that need advocacy rules that exist due to regulations or policies beyond organizational control these are the rules that are usually will see you lobbying outside parliament uh, or some such thing so my question to you is this, if you could break or change one rule in service for a better care experience for patients or staff what would it be and why and the fifth and final lesson is all about seeking adventure. Would you like to have an adventure now or would you like to have your tea first is a well-known line from the movie. Adventures are, in Neverland, a daily occurrence and much of the film tells of those adventures. It goads us to unexpected places to find inspiration and to try new things. It emboldens us to be willing to depart from our comfort zone. We experience tasks and routine that are so familiar or that we're so good at that we don't have to think twice about them. Leaders are so used to motivating and empowering others that they often forget they need to challenge themselves as much as they challenge others. And to be an effective leader, we must understand the benefits of stretching ourselves to learn new things, grow beyond our current skill set and develop a strong connection with those around us. To make changes and grow as a person and leader, we must access our bravery and start the exploration of the space beyond our comfort zone. The first challenge that we are likely to be faced with in this exploration is fear. Fear can be paralysing and keep you firmly in your comfort zone. After all, the comfort zone is a place of certainty and safety. Suzanne Jeffers, a psychologist and mother of two from Pennsylvania, wrote the book Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. In the book, she explains that the root of all our fears is basic. We fear we won't be able to handle the situation if the worst happens. And to which she has the simple reply, you'll handle it. Stepping outside your comfort zone can be a transformative effect, not just on you, but on your entire team. With new perspectives, you're better equipped to problem solve in innovative ways. Pushing yourself to try new things and accept uncomfortable challenges leads to positive stress that builds resilience. So you feel better equipped to deal with a challenge next time. Ultimately, effective leaders need to forge the path that will lead them to a place of being comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Are you aware of your comfort zones? And are you stepping outside them and into the leadership zone? And so at first glance, Peter Pan seems like a movie about the wonderful, carefree spirit of childhood. But I hope I've shown you that when you look at the story through a leadership lens, we can take some great lessons from it. So, until next time, it's goodbye from me. But I wanted to leave the last word to Peter Pan. Think of all the joy you'll find when you leave the world behind and bid your fears goodbye. You can fly.
Thanks for listening to the Leadership Blog, where we're navigating everyday leadership. This is a non-affiliated podcast, and any views, thoughts and opinions expressed by the hosts or guests belong solely to them, and not necessary to their employer, organisation, committee or other group or individual.